Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today... Hello. Hi. <laughs> it's Ray. It's Dewey. It's Brianna. You, you all need to come up with a little like jingle, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. We, we, yeah. Should, we should do that sometime. Yeah. 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 Happy Administrative Professionals Day. Yay. <laughs> oh, I don't know what I'd do without them. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We are on a lot of episodes at this point with the Weekly Workplace. And of course, we just came off a really cool series. I enjoyed the series, The Leadership Lane. What'd you all think? Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah. 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 It was really good. I think to kind of take a, a more in-depth look at um, leadership and to do that, address that, you know, multiple times, I think. So I hope it was helpful. Yeah. yeah. I do, too. You know, over the course of, of five weeks, we um, we talked all about leadership and, and this whole idea of kind of building. We use the concept of building your, your workplace from the ground up. And so now we're going to make a little bit of a switch. They are the glue often in a team or in an organization. I mean, I think about um, a lot of administrative professionals that I work with day in and day out and what, you know, MU Extension would be without them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And as we've kind of titled this one, I'm calling him, I'm calling the heartbeat of the organization in this. I I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, I think of one, obviously you and we've all, we're talking about this before we came on the air today, but I'm going to give a shout out because I know she listens. um, As Kim keeps our whole building running, uh, everything. She is the absolute best. Yeah. I want to be more like her. Yes. Me too. Yes, absolutely. You know, there's a lot of things as I think about Kim, um, a lot of things that really come to mind. And, um, you know, we obviously just back in January had one of our vice chancellors leave, uh, transitioned into a different profession. And, and you know, Kim got up and she had spoke at our um, ho- that going away party, holiday party about that vice chancellor because they had had a really good relationship. And in that, one of the things that I think was very clear is not a single person in the room wasn't looking at Kim as she was delivering the speech. Not a single person in the room doesn't come by and say hello to Kim. Like people know who Kim is. And I think when I consider that, there is an element of credibility and influence that Kim has developed as in her role as an executive administrative professional that it, it's it takes time to develop and it seems so natural for her. So mm-hmm. I think I'd like to talk a little bit about that at the beginning of this as we consider this new series we're in, The Heartbeat, talking all about administrative professionals and how important is not even just with administrative professionals, but that element of credibility and influence to get your job done. Absolutely. And, you know, and when I think of credibility, you know, a lot of times we think about the the knowledge it takes, the content knowledge it takes to do the job that you're doing. But I think the the element that we often miss talking about is the trust, mm. the trust, uh, you know, that that you trust your leader and your people and that your leader and your people. Um, and when I say that you know, people, I mean, coworkers and those that work, work around you trust you. 
Yeah. Right. So I think I think it's kind of an equation, you know, trust plus expertise mm-hmm. equals credibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I even would even push it a little further and talk about things like character, because I think, you know, when we talk about somebody who has a high degree of integrity, those are people I trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, when I think about Kim, you know, all those words come to mind. She's yeah. so credible. She acts on what she talks about. Yes. Um, she's kind. She's kind. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, she's she's so knowledgeable about things. You know, anytime I have a question about things, I usually just get up and go see Kim because she has all yes. those, a lot of the answers. Right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there are yeah, I've heard you mention several different things there and they all kind of do lump back up into that care, character and competency. competency. And so, you know, some other things I consider when we, we look through this lens of credibility, uh, consistency in the approach. I mean, there's not a single day. Kim, I mean, Kim has never dropped the ball on anything to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that she shows up from day to day is very consistent. And I think that that we'll talk about that a little bit, too, in kind of our next piece of this. But that higher levels of emotional intelligence. Exactly. Yeah. Just exactly what I was thinking is, you know, the the regulation mm-hmm. right part where, you know, regardless. Of, and you, you I know there's days where she's probably pulling her hair out and I wouldn't blame her. And and, you know, of course, she has a life outside of uh, of work as well. But you trust she is the same person every day, mm-hmm. you know, Um yeah. Mm-hmm. So that. Well, and the other thing I would say is uh, that I think really builds credibility is we look to people who get results. Kim has never let anybody down. She's constantly getting the results that um, are set in front of her. Right. She constantly meets all those expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I don't know about you, but I am attracted to leaders who I see as those folks who get something accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're consistent with that and you build that reputation with that, um, you know, I think that's another way to build credibility. Mm-hmm. That accountability piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, one of the things that we we often talk about, too, um, I just it, I, we're going to keep talking about Kim because she's she's incredible. But, you know, when I think about that, it's it's the loyalty piece, too. I mean, there's not a single day she doesn't come in and talk about how much she loves what she does, even on those days that I know are overwhelming for her. Um you know, it, and and that's that's not always something that's there, especially sometimes in what feels like in today's workforce when we're talking about some quiet quitting or even you know quiet firing those kinds of things. And so, I guess a little bit as we are kind of taking this through the lens of of an administrative professional, I can imagine it would be about soft skills right now. And I, I can only imagine, and I, I've worked as an administrative technician before, where there was a huge focus on some of those hard skills, right? Knowing how to keep the documents in order, knowing how to do the spreadsheets, knowing how to, you know, do the logistical, the knowledge, the skills, the abilities of performing the actual job. But everything we just described as soft skills. So how do you balance or what would be your suggestions for ensuring that you balance hard skills and soft skills in this role or any role that you were to take in an organization? I uh, honestly, I'd say know yourself and, you know, don't, you know, me. I'm very practical. Don't, don't kid yourself, mm-hmm. you know, that if, if you're not good at it, to me, that's just as important knowledge as, as getting good at something, because if I'm not good at something, but I know somebody who is, we're back to even, right? As opposed to I take on anything and everything, regardless if I'm good at it or not, or I don't even know I'm not good at it. And now I've committed myself to it. Mm-hmm. So I think going back and knowing yourself well enough to know and be able to manage around your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and when I think about the, the term soft skills, of course, I hate that term because I think they're the hardest earned skills to actually develop. Right. Power skills. Uh, yeah, they really are. But you think about it, work gets done through people. Um, and if you think about this particular role, especially when you have so many people yeah. that are probably coming to this individual, um, that yes, all the technical skills are really important, you know, to get those spreadsheets done. But it's also about, you know, the the people side of the equation, mm -hmm. you know, and so that's where those soft skills come in. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's what I would just say is that they're just the hardest earned skills, I think, to develop. Um, but they're so necessary in a successful organization, especially when your role is the heartbeat. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you are at the center, you know, I don't know what body part we want to uh, address here, you know, but just everything funnels through this. Mm -hmm. And and I do want to give a little bit. I also think administrative professionals and, and their greatness. There's also a level of leadership, mm -hmm. you know, not just from that person, but I think having good leadership also kind of celebrates that that mm -hmm. greatness. Mm -hmm. Well, if you think about uh, leadership as a as a means to influence people, I would think that um, administrative professionals have a lot of influence throughout the organization. Right. And so they themselves are kind of um, uh, great leaders within the organization. Mm -hmm. They can set great examples for everybody that come in contact with. Right. So, again, wow. You know, they're it, it's an important role. Absolutely. An role in an organization. You know, and I want to um, transition a little bit because I've done in my time here, I've, I put on a few different uh, specific workshops for administrative professionals. And one of the, the things that popped up frequently in this was sometimes a feeling of always being the yes person because you're reporting or managing things for so many different people um, and never feeling like maybe your position or uh, your voice was being heard on something. And so there's this idea of assertiveness when you consider this particular role that I do think and doing you and I were talking about this before we jumped on, but assertiveness gets a bad rap. People think that it's not good to be assertive, but realistically, it is good to be assertive to a certain extent when balanced with some of those other things we're talking about and some of those power skills or soft skills that we were discussing earlier. I think often people interchange the word assertive and aggressive. Mm -hmm. Right. And, right. And, and that's the, the part, that's the misnomer because assertiveness, unlike aggressiveness, takes into consideration um, other people's mm -hmm. position mm -hmm. and advocates for their own, but without crossing the line of somebody else's boundaries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so aggressiveness just steamrolls right. without considering um, the rights of others. I think assertiveness advocates for themselves, but respects the rights of others. Yeah. And I think it's a, a misnomer that um, all assertive people are that uh, what we classically think of that person getting in your face, telling you like it is. Like oh, that's not assertiveness it. at all. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? I think most people kind of think about it like that yeah. way. And, and I do think that there is, um, you know, kind of a, a continuum of assertiveness where you've got people who are um, going to be very directive 
um, in, in how they're communicating. But, you know, our old boss, he was not necessarily a, a tell directed type of assertive person. He was more of an ask directed type of assertive person. Um, he wielded a lot of influence, but he did it through the questioning process, not through telling people things. So he would get people to think differently, all based kind of on the way on the questions that he would ask people. He was being very assertive, but it was it was seen in not a, a classic way, I guess. Hmm. That's interesting to think of it through that, to being able to, you know, manage a conversation. Well, we talked about that in coaching, right? Manage a conversation all through the power of questions, mm-hmm. but to show up assertively in the the asking of those questions. Interesting. You know, and, and when I think of assertiveness, my mind immediately goes to obviously being certified, Ray, you and I both certified in emotional intelligence, the EQI 2.0. And this is actually a subscale on that as as it rates kind of your overall level of emotional intelligence. You have to have a level of assertiveness to have an overall, you know, decent understanding of emotional intelligence. You know, and and the one thing with assertiveness as we talk about in emotional intelligence too is understanding that it's not always like just the words that you're saying. Because sometimes where they say words can cut, right? But it's more about how you're actually saying those words, those nonverbals and the paraverbals and how they're being delivered when you're being assertive. Well, they do have that old um, research that they continue to do even to this day about when you're in uh, communicating face to face with people, um, you know, it's only about seven to ten percent of the impact of that message is going to be conveyed through your words. Right. You got about thirty to thirty-five percent conveyed through your para language. You know, that's your what you're just kind of mentioning here: your tone of voice, your volume, your pitch, what words you emphasize, what words you de-emphasize, those kinds of things. Um, and then you get fifty to fifty-five percent is conveyed through your body language. So I think we are interpreting uh, people's messages. Um, through our eyes just as much as we do through our ears, right? Um, from what we're seeing from people. Um, so that body language and that paralanguage really does become very, very important. For me, when I think about that, I have my my sergeant came to mind, obviously, um, very assertive. You know, that's part of the profession too. But what he physically did was he leaned in when he was having a discussion with me and there would even be, he would not lose eye contact with me. Um, there would be moments where he'd put his kind of his hand on his desk where he'd even get closer and say, look, I know this is going to be difficult to hear, you know, and it was just it was I don't don't know something about that particular body language. You felt the sentiment behind it. There was something that was just very kind and compassionate, even through that direction or or assertiveness. So you're right. The nonverbals, the paraverbals are incredibly important. Oh, yeah. I mean, you always hear that old adage. It's not necessarily what you say. It's how you say Mm -hmm. it Um, when you think about how you're going to influence people. Right. Mm Because, again, I, I go back to administrative professional is probably one of the most influential positions in a team mm-hmm. or in an organization. And um, you think about the amount of influence that they need to um, wield just to keep their own, <laughs> their own uh, scope and their own own job and their own um, meeting all those deadlines. I mean, my gosh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And that's what I will say. What, what I did hear a lot in those, those situations were when they weren't utilizing a level of assertiveness in this position, the burnout came very quick. And 
I'd assume that a lot of they feel probably getting taken advantage of a lot. Exactly. Right. Exactly. People come and requesting things of them over and over and over again. And if you have the inability to say no mm. um, and you start taking those things on, wow, you can kind of get overburdened, right? Yeah. You're what you're you're not in balance between your production and your production capacity, right? They're right. expecting more and more and more, but your capacity to produce gets small and small and small. So um, yeah, that's a very stressful situation. Well, and you have touched on where we're kind of transitioning now also. Let me just kind of recap where we've been. Uh, we've been talking about this idea of credibility. We've been talking about assertiveness. And now I want to transition into knowing that in this role as an administrative professional, the demands come from several different places, spaces, people. Um, it's all over the place. So you touched on a, t- a thing, Dewey, that I was going to transition with this on. And it's really the idea of being able to say no. So how do you manage the demands from multiple people? And one of the big ones you just said was learning how to say no. Yeah. Well, I, um, you know, it, it, this is kind of somewhat difficult because to me, I think, you know, saying no. Um, kind when of, have you said <laughs> no? I think sometimes it's a matter of where you set the organization as well. Yeah. Right. If you feel that you can uh, even say no, because I will say this, I think leaders do have the right to request work and to request um, expectations of their employees. I mean, they have the right to do that, right? Um, now, when if, if, if I were to give kind of a formula for maybe how to go about saying no uh, to folks, I would always think about coming off and saying no to begin with and then kind of renegotiate, okay? Mm. Because they do have the right to request work, right? Um, so, no, I can't do it at this time. Is there somebody else on the team that could, you know, I'm really busy. Is there somebody else on the team that can kind of take over with this at this point in time? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, uh, no, I can't fit that in right now unless perhaps we are able to negotiate on what I can let go. So I have more time to take this on. Mm-hmm. Um, so what that person is doing is they're kind of, you know, saying no right off the bat, but they're also so, um, you know, and I think that's important because I think they need to hear that word. Right. Um, but at the same time, they're negotiating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I'm working with a client right now who that is her exact problem. She's taken on so much that she's literally drowning. Mm-hmm. And um, she talked exactly like what you said. And so we've been working on and she goes, I just I'm in the moment. I get so flustered and and I feel the pressure like in the moment when they're looking at me. And I I just was like, yes. And I was like, OK, so then we need to put some space between the request and your response to the request. Any response to the request, whether it's yes or no, you know, start practicing putting space between the request. And so we worked on like buffer statements and she settled on one. I I think, you know, she came up with many, but I think she settled on one was, you know, I, I let me get back to you on that. Right. And then, you know, she felt like, you know, if it's the end of the day, let me get back to you tomorrow. If it was, you know, so kind of using just the, the clock to say, let me get back to you and giving her some space to go back and kind of work through the the emotional flooding, the hijacking, you know, of, of needing to please and um, saying yes and just to build space. 
That's a great, that's a great, um, a great tip. And sometimes it, it might be about actually removing yourself. Get, let me get back to you. Um, it might also mean just taking a moment to breathe a, a little bit before you actually speak, right? Uh, in response. So I think that's really helpful, Ray, is creating that space. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as I consider all the different kinds of leaders, and you all can probably think of all the ones you've worked for too, no leader or, and I don't even say leaders, I mean, because it's not just leaders that are going to our admin professionals. All people have different styles. And so really understanding um, the person, maybe the personality, the style behind that individual who's making the request to also be able to determine um, what strategies might I use to best approach this individual and doing it person by person versus kind of creating an umbrella space. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we all have different styles. Absolutely. We're all that's what makes us so wonderfully unique. Um, I think also in thinking about that is just thinking about the interpretation, you know, so the the story you're telling yourself about how they're approaching you, you know, and I think that has uh, and you talked about it earlier, you know, in interpreting things. And I think that we don't give enough power to, you know, the event can be the very same thing, mm-hmm. you know, the fire alarm's a fire alarm, but one creates panic. And one, when you learn that it's a test changes totally, yet the stimulus did not change. And so I think it, it's the, the story, right? It's the interpretation of that event. And so as you were talking about these different styles is a lot of times people interpret that like, what is this saying about me? Mm. Right? When, what is it? You know, so just my energy leadership um, process there, you know, that we we judge that based on that story. Yeah. And it's interesting when you uh, interpret things differently, you often get different responses, right? You get different behaviors, you get different outcomes. Um, so I think it is important to understand people's style. To me, the, the, the trick with the, the style issue is really about um, being versatile, Mm-hmm. Right. And not getting stuck right. in your own style and expect other people to adjust their styles to meet your needs. Right. Um, because you even even if you're the leader um, and you have the, the authority, that doesn't mean people are going to automatically comply with you. Right. People are choose to free are free to choose their own response, how they respond to a leader. And sometimes that might be telling them to talk to the hand or it might be telling them I'm going to walk out of here, you know, whatever. But um, it's it's about being versatile. Right. And, and not request. You don't have control over other people changing how they're behaving to meet your needs. The only person you have control over is yourself. So what are you doing to be versatile um, with other people? Granny always said you got a lot further with uh, honey than you did with vinegar, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. We think through that. And you all have probably also had several demands from several different peoples at different deep peoples, people (laughs) at different times. Um, How else have you managed all of those requests that come in at once? Well, first, know what my priorities are. And that comes from understanding my expectations, you know, what what my boss expects from me and then being able to align that work with what I'm being held responsible for. So I think, you know, just knowing what my priorities are. And then I always, you know, now I visually go to that Covey's quadrants, you know, of important, not important, urgent, not urgent, and kind of mix those 
That's what yeah. I would say. I was headed there too, Ray. Um, Y'all be I, jumping ahead. You're yeah. going. You're going to week three here. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop. But I think that that is important, you know, to kind of um, assess these issues so you can prioritize them appropriately. Yeah. Okay. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, and when you think about that, though, also considering not just the the priorities, but the tools and the resources that you have to be able to get those things mm-hmm. done. I think it's very easy when you have so many different demands coming in from so many different places, um, probably to-do list for your to-do list to be so down in the weeds that you forget to like look up and look around and say, oh, there's actually a person over here who does Excel spreadsheets so much faster than I do. Maybe I can ask for some help on this or, you know, whether it's a technology thing, is there uh, an app for that? You know, I mean, there's usually an app for almost everything nowadays in the university, at least for us, you know, we're fortunate we get access to a lot of those. And so recognizing what's the availability of all the different tools and resources um, that you might have at your disposal and just not realize because because you're so stuck down in the tasks themselves. Well, I think what you're talking about here is building capacity. Absolutely. So you're doing that through technology. You're doing that through other people. You do that through your knowledge, skills, and abilities. So I hope that, you know, you're, you're staying abreast of those and always developing and always learning because that's a great way to kind of build your capacity. Um, so there's, you know, uh, there's all kinds of things there that we can talk about with the idea of building capacity, but essentially that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, and I think one other big piece that was important, especially when I considered that role I was in as an admin tech, um, I was doing payroll and I'd also have to answer phones. So I'm sure that, you know, other administrative professionals can relate. It's like, well, you can't, when I say what I'm getting ready to say, you're gonna be like, well, I can't do that because we'll take a phone call anytime. Planning ahead though is critical. You can anticipate that you will get phone calls throughout your day and it will mess you up. It will get you off course. It will maybe frustrate you depending on who's on the other line of that phone call, Um, you know, and other different things. Maybe it's an email that pops up, but you can plan for those in the sense that mentally preparing yourself that week that this will happen. And what are my coping strategies or mechanisms going to be when it does? Um, Because you've got to have those to help kind of reduce your level of stress uh, in those situations also. And so planning where you can plan. Well, yeah. What's the old adage? um, uh, Plan the work and then work the plan. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's essentially what we're talking about here. And um, planning is a very, very important thing. If you go into it without necessarily a plan, chances are you'll spin your wheels or you'll spend more time. but if you actually have a plan in place, then you kind of have a, uh, a guide about how to get from point A to point B. Right. right. And, and I think that that's that's why planning is so, so helpful. Yeah, I, I can see the eye rolls, um, you know, <laughs> as I think about this, because, um, you know, the, the, this Mike Tyson quote, and I don't quote Mike Tyson any other time than this. But I just thought this was so brilliant coming from him. And he says, everybody's got a plan till they get punched in the face, (laughs) you know, and then it's just, you know, out the window. And I wonder, you know, in these roles, like the one you were mentioning, you know, we we've got that plan. And especially if we love the schedule and we love, you know, things working in a in an orderly fashion and then the multiple things that seem to be the punch in the face and then the plan goes out the window. So I think to your point, you know, plan 
flexibility, mm-hmm. plan to be interrupted, plan to, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and not even even just that, because I have been punched in the face before, mind yes, you, you right? in <laughs> an amateur MMA fight. But but what happens there is you have to be able to still and I'm going to go back to the, the cage with this. You have to still be able to control your emotional response when you're cut, when you're punched in the face, because you could scramble and you could get emotionally hijacked and and then just start flailing. And chances are you're going to get knocked out or you can pause and say, whoo, that sucked. And let's go ahead and, and figure out how to regain control of my being and step forward one foot right in front of the other. So when I say plan ahead, I actually probably mean more of the mental prep and emotional prep for the the things that you will experience because it's, it's going Good to happen. Point. Yes, absolutely. Good point. And so final tips. Let's do that. I can't, man, this one went fast. Final tips, you all. Uh, anything when you think about these, these electrical outputs, right? Your credibility, assertiveness, or managing the many demands. This is a special person. Oh, yeah. This is a special person. You can't just sub in any organ uh, here. Um, This this takes some very unique skills. And um, this is a special person. Yeah, they are the heartbeat often of Mm -hmm. almost any team or any organization. So um, without that heartbeat going, um, just wonder what kind of how long that organization will will be on the vine. Yeah. Well, certainly be on life support. (laughs) Take care of your administrative professionals. I'm just going to say that again. And thank you. I, a big, big thank you. If you're listening and you're sitting in in that role, thank you for what you do. Um, Sometimes it may feel like an often thankless job uh, and, and just recognize we, we see you. And and you are valued. So um, again, Happy administrative professionals yay, day. Yay. And tune in next week because we're going to keep talking about you. <laughs> so, this is a three part series. This was part one of a three part series. Uh, next week we're going to be transitioning into this. Um, I called it a clogged artery, y'all. <laughs> um, but we're going to be talking about listening uh, and difficult conversations, kind of the conflict and and some of those things that arise uh, in that again constant state of flux uh, it can happen because you're dealing with people every day and so tune back in next week and if you have any questions comments suggestions send them to us mti at missouri.edu or leave us a comment in the episode description and until next time go be great thanks for listening to the weekly workplace hosted by the missouri training institute dewey ray and brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice hope to catch you on the next episode of the weekly workplace Yes.